Are you ready? I have a message this morning entitled, Too Soon to Quit. Too Soon to Quit. Uh, All week long, I was asking God, uh, you know, Lord, what do you want me to minister on Sunday? And no matter how many avenues I took, bunny trails I took, paths I took, I was constantly drawn back to this particular subject. And I think it is because I suppose that all of us, at one time or other, have wanted to give up. All of us, at one time or other, have come to a place in our life where we wanted to quit, and we've just had enough. We were at the end of our rope. Maybe you've been like me at times in your life when you've said, there's no use. Um, The harder I try, the harder things get. Can I get a witness from somebody? Or no one ever listens to me. No one cares about what I think, or I'm just spinning my wheels. I'm not gaining any ground. In fact, I, I feel like I'm losing ground. Nothing seems to be working. Uh, last week, I spoke to a, 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 we spoke together about stress and tension. You know, I've got daily stresses. I've got daily problems, and it's just getting to be too much. Um, it's like Chinese water torture, and I'm just ready to throw in the towel and quit. I wonder if if anybody would be honest enough this morning to, by the lifting of your hand, say, oh yeah, I've been there, I've been there. Anyway, I think we've all been there. And and I would imagine that it's very possible that some of you are even there um, right now. Uh, And the reason I know that is because obviously I I talk to many of you and I've been going through things with many of you. and, and, And the other one is I've gone through it too. That's right. Your pastor standing up here before you has had his season of, uh, I'll call it season of quit, just tired, just done. You might think, well, you're not supposed to tell us that. Well, I've just learned over the years, 25 years of pastoring, that it's better to just be transparent and share with people what's going on in life. And it's not like I live in some ivory tower and have a red phone that, you know, anytime anything goes wrong, I just pick up the red phone and get a direct line to, to heaven. I have to work out my salvation with fear and trembling just like any other person. I have my weaknesses and my strengths. I have my troubles and my celebrations. We're all, we're all together in this together. There's a phrase that my wife said many, many years ago that I've gotten mileage out of ever since, and she said this statement, we're all here in various stages of disrepair. Now, that's actually quite a profound statement if you think about it. Now, that's not to say that we're not in the process of repair, but to recognize that none of us have arrived yet. Right, on? Not a one of us have arrived yet. And sometimes God's people want to quit. Yeah, I mean, you need to realize, and this is number one on your paper, that some of the most famous Bible characters had their times of discouragement. Uh, Some of the most famous Bible characters had their times when they thought about quitting, when they thought about giving up. Now, this is not an excuse to be discouraged or an excuse to think about giving up, but a lot of times when a Christian gets so discouraged and times get so dark that they want to give up, they feel that they've somehow failed God in this immense way and that they're finished. You need to know that you're in good company with some of the greatest Bible characters that went down in Bible history, not because they had their season of quit, 
but because they came through it and had their victory. Can somebody say amen? And that's really what this message is about, is, is making it through your season of quit to uh, the other side, to be able to experience the victory that God has for you. Um, you know, some of the leaders, let's think about Moses, for example. There's a good one. Probably one of the most recognized, greatest, hand-picked God leaders of all time, um, in fact, most of us, when we think of Moses, we figure he looks like Charlton Heston, and, you know, that's what it, how it goes, but, you know, and Moses certainly had God's power on his life without a doubt. I mean, you know, the cat would hold up a stick and the, the sea would part. I mean, he'd hit a rock with a stick and water would come out of it. So he had the power of God on his life, but you know what? In Numbers chapter 11, verse 15, if you'll go ahead and turn there, we're just going to read a couple passages of scripture there. But one of the things that he said, uh, he said, God, if this is how you intend to treat me, then just go ahead and kill me. Uh, that's not a prayer I want to offer up. If this is what you got planned for me, do me away, do away with me right now. I mean, who would ever thought Pastor Moses? ever came to that point. It's in Numbers chapter 11, uh, starting with verse 10. Let's read that here. Uh, then Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, everyone at the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Moses also was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, why have you afflicted your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I beget them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which you swore to your fathers? Verse 13, where am I to get meat to give all these people? For they weep all over me. Now, a, a better word for weep here is they whine and grumble and complain. And he's saying, for they whine and grumble and complain all over me. Give us meat that we may eat. I can just see him out there with a sign. Give us meat that we may eat. <laughs> and here's what Moses said. He says, well, I'm not able to bear all these people alone because the burden is too heavy for me. Every single one of us in this room have had seasons in our life. And maybe even right now is the season where things have gotten just where you feel like it's just too heavy for me. And then he goes on to verse 15. If you treat me like this, please kill me here and now. If I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my wretchedness. Or in other words, do me a favor and spare me this misery. It's too heavy for me. Sounds to me like Moses was fairly fed up with people. And he was fairly frustrated with God. This great man of God, the one who went to the mountain, carried down the Ten Commandments, led the people out of slavery uh, into the promised land, and yet he was one who had his moment of heaviness and his moment of discouragement and had his season of, I just want to quit this because what's happening is just too much for me. But God had a promise. God had a plan. And that's number two on your paper. You can't quit now because God has a promise and he has a plan for your life. Don't you know that if Moses had gone through with his resignation 
uh, he would have missed out on being able to see the people go into the promised land and would have missed the plan of God. You cannot quit. You cannot step back. You cannot shrink back. You cannot give up. Even though quit is all over you, you've got to find a way to shake that off. Here's another person in the Bible, probably one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. It was Elijah. Uh, he was courageous. Um, he was willing to challenge all of the religious idolatry of his day, everything. He stood up for God and stood against everything that was opposed to God. There was even one point in his ministry where he called down fire from heaven. Uh, he won a face-off with all the prophets of Baal all by himself, <coughs> excuse me, slaying every single one of them. But after all that was over, after all those wins, we find that he was ready to throw in the towel. He was ready to quit. And this is something that I want you to, you know, I, I'm not trying to validate any of your quit, but you need to recognize that you're in good company. You're, with, you're, you're in the company of someone who called down fire, who, who defeated the prophets of Baal, who opposed that which was opposed to God with all of his life. And yet, even after those victories, he found himself under a tree begging God to take him. I'm sick of this. I'm tired of this. It's in 1 Kings 19.4 where it says he went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. Now that's pretty heavy. That's a pretty discouraged moment. Uh, and, he, and he said to God, it's enough. In other words, I've had enough. I'm at the end of my rope. No more. I quit. And he says, now, Lord, just take my life, for I'm no better than my father's. So this is amazing to me, that, and I've seen it happen in my own life, that some of my greatest defeats come right on the heels of my greatest victories. Some of the times that I felt that I was on the mountain with God and had amazing victories in the Lord, the enemy comes along, and boy, he, he brings it uh, all barrels. Can I get a witness from somebody? Now, there was no question that Elijah was at the end of his rope. He had come to a place where he, he was ready to quit, and he had had enough. But I want you to know that it was too soon to quit because God had a future and he had a destiny for Elijah, and he has one for you as well. That's number three on your paper. You can't quit now because if you quit now, you're going to miss out on the future and the destiny that God has in store for you. You can't give up. And I don't think any of us could be any worse off than either Moses or Elijah who prayed to God to take them out. I mean, that's pretty destitute. That's pretty discouraged. That's a deep, dark despair. I mean, I've had, I've had my moments of deep, dark despair, but I've never gotten on my knees and went, hey, Father, would you toast me? I'm tired. Just toast me. Make me a crispy critter. Or here's another one. How about Job? Talk about somebody that had a bad hair day. Job. We talk about his patience. We talk about his faith. And yes, truly, he was a great man of God. He had a great beginning, and he had a great ending. But there was some stuff in between there that was not great at all. In between, he lost everything. 
All of his family members were killed. Everything that he owned was destroyed and fell apart. He came to a point where he wished that he, not only did he wish that he wasn't alive, but he wished that he had never even been born. Wow. That's some deep, that's some deep dark despair. You need to understand that if you are going through deep, dark despair, you are not alone. In fact, there's probably people around you that are feeling the same way, but not just that. Some of the greatest Bible characters of all time in all of Bible history went through their moments of great, deep, dark despair. He became extremely depressed for a period of time, and even to the point of suicide. In Job chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, after this, Job opened his mouth and he cursed the day of his birth. And he said, may the day perish on which I was born, and even the night which I was conceived. That's some pretty deep thought about an end. He didn't just say, I'm at the end of my rope, God. No, he thought this out. He went, I'm so at the end of my rope, I wish my mommy and daddy had never had a night of passion, and I wish I had never even been conceived. Greatest, one of the greatest Bible characters of all time, going through something like that. If anybody had had a reason to quit, we all might agree. Well, if God would give a pass to anybody that had a quit on him, it'd have to be Job. God should give Job a pass on this deal. He lost everything, but you know what? It was too soon for him to quit. Let me tell you why. Because God had more in store for him than he had ever had before. This is number four on your paper. It's too soon for you to quit. Because God knows that your tomorrows are going to be so much better than any of your yesterdays or even your todays. You cannot give up. Can I get an amen in the house? It's just too soon to quit. Even some of the most famous Bible characters were tempted to quit. So what should we do? And this is number five on your paper. The most important thing you can do when you want to quit is to hold fast. Everybody say, hold fast. fast. Well, hold fast, (coughs) excuse me, let me get a wet my whistle here. Hold fast is from a Greek word, kotecho or koteko, which means to take control of. It means to dominate it. It even goes on with the idea of even to sit on it so that it cannot slip away. Hold fast. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Oh, that's a good verse right there. So the, the, the idea of this word katecho or kateko is much like the wrestler who is pinning down his opponent with such a move that that opponent cannot slip away, cannot take his shoulders off of the mat. He's pinned down. That's the idea behind this word, hold fast. That means that there's something in your life that's going to want to try to escape you. Something that's going to want to try to slip away from you. And that is, that is your faith. That is your, your, your positive confession. That is your hope. And the scripture is saying to hold fast to your confession of faith. You've got to grab that thing so there's no opportunity 
for it to slip away. Pin it down. Hold fast to it. You need to sit on the word that the Lord has from you from the Bible, and you need to refuse to let it go. When you've got a problem in your life and something is beating the snot out of you, you need to find a scripture in the Bible that's going to give you your victory, and you need to pin that thing down, sit on that thing, hold it down as hard as you can, and don't ever let it get away from you. Pin it down. Hold fast. Why? Because the devil comes to steal and to kill and destroy. What is his primary uh, object? To steal the word from you. Because that is the hope of your confession. You cannot let it get away from you. You have to wrap your arms around that word from God and never stop believing and never stop chasing after it and just never, ever quit. No matter how dark it gets, no matter how much despair there may be, no matter how much quit may be on you, you've got to refuse to quit. Number six on your paper, if you'll hold fast and refuse to quit, it will just be a matter of time before you see the victory. Oh, I've learned this so much in my life. You've got to refuse to quit. You've got to fight it off with everything that is in you. You've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. You've got to rehearse and remember all of the victories that you've had in the past, and you need to remind yourself of who you are in Christ. And remember every other time that God ever came through for you. And here's another thing. You need to hang around motivated believers. Huh? You need to hang around people that can lift you up, not people that can pull you down. That is so important. More than anything else probably is you got to practice the presence of the Lord. You got to spend time with Jesus. You know, I, I'm teaching a group of students right now in discipleship training, and one of the most important things for each of them is their time alone with God in the morning is to be praying and reading their Bible and writing in their journals. And I'm sure that, it, that although most every one of those students are doing a pretty fair job of that, there are some of them who would say, even at this level of discipleship, I have a hard time making that happen every day. Can I help you? You cannot live without that medicine in your life. You have to have it. You know, uh, uh, hand me that, uh, that's all right, I'll come down and get it. Um, we've all had the quit on us. I can, I can preach this message to you not because I'm clever at crafting messages, um, and I don't like to preach a message just because I can craft a message and get everything hermeneutically correct and give you five points in a poem and send you home. I preach messages because I've lived it. Or God is taking me through something. And many times you guys end up seeing that lived out transparently in front of you when God is taking me through something. Well, I, I can preach this message today because I've been through the season of quit. Did you hear me? Been through, past tense. I came through to the other side. And I got my victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I got a fire on my life like I don't think I've ever had before. And I came out of that season of quit with an intention upon my life that I'm going to spend the rest of my life giving God all I got, giving the ministry everything I got with all of my strength until I can't even lift my hands. And then you'll still have to listen to my voice. All right? So I'll get transparent with you for a minute. Is that all right? All right. 
the last year, I went to a Quest. And I went to Quest because I wanted to get rid of the spirit of quit. I had quit on me. I was tired of doing this. And I didn't go to God and said, all those people, <laughs> no, I'd, it wasn't you, it was me. It was just a season in my life where I was in despair and, uh, you know, and I'm not one that puts on a good front. I don't believe in getting up here and putting on a mask and masquerading or a facade, even though, you know, I, I know when to get my game face on, come on somebody, right on. I know when to say supernatural. How you doing, Pastor? Supernaturally. And if you can tell by the way it comes out of my mouth whether I am or not. Maybe I'm trying to overcome something and trying to help you know that not only are the great Bible characters, are you in good company with them, and I don't put myself in any way, shape, or manner on the level of these great Bible characters, but you know, you need to know that you're even in good company with your pastor who has to go through life just like the rest of you. But it's not how we go through life, it's how we come out of it. It's how we make it through the troubled times. It's how we, it's not that whether or not you'll ever go through deep dark despair. It's what are you going to do when you're in the midst of that storm? How are you going to overcome it? Well, on our quest, there was a period of time where we were sent out, and during the, the day, we were instructed to write a letter to God. And then after a period of time, we were to come back and then write a letter back to self from God. Now, I just took a group of pastors from our local community on a retreat just this last, uh, this, was it this week? I think it was just last week, last week. And I took them through this process where for a period of time during their day, they had to go write a letter to God and then write a letter from God back to self. It was pretty, pretty intense. So I'm just going to be real with you all, Okay. Thank you for your affirmation. Really nice of you all. <laughs> Dear Father, I love you more than anything else. Now, many of you may have seen me get up during worship and go get this book. This wasn't on my mind earlier, but it felt like that it was supposed to be based on the songs and everything else that was happening. Uh, I love you more than anything else, yet I feel that I often fail, excuse me, I often fall short. Can you get a witness from anybody? I know that you still love me, though. Thank you for that. Thank you for my family, especially Diane. What a joy she is, though I probably don't appreciate her enough. Lord, I'm not complaining. Yes, I was. I just, I just thought I'd sweeten it up a little bit. <laughs> Lord, I'm not complaining. I, I hate to even read this, but uh, I'm not complaining, but I don't want to pastor a church anymore. I guess I need you to change my heart because I couldn't change my own heart. I want to do your will and I want to do it with all of my heart. Please help me renew my passion. Help me navigate the rest of my ministry. Now, was that honest enough for you all? Okay. Small print. I came through that season. I'm out of that season. In fact, you ain't getting rid of me even if you tar and feather me and carry me out on a pole. All right. 
and I'm just sharing this with you because I want you to know we all go through those moments where it's like, I'm, I'm done. I've had it. But I can tell you, you need to turn to the one who has you. And he knows. And here's this letter that, that I felt as I penned it myself with my own hand, but I felt like it was from the Lord. And he, returned, he replied really quickly, and he said, Dear son, I hear your words, and I know that you're tired. I know that you feel that you're at the end of your rope. You need to remember that I have hold of the rope. That was a big moment. When you feel like you're hanging on the end of the rope, you need to know who's holding on to that rope just above you. I have hold of the rope. And he says, not only that, but I'm also your net underneath the rope. So, son, what you need to do is just let go of the rope. I'll go before you, and I'll set things in order. And God spoke those words to me. And what I needed to hear was from him was that, son, I know you're at the end of your rope. It's all right. Let go and let me. Pretty much is what he's saying. And that would be the message to each and every one of us. Randy, you okay with that song? Joni, you okay with that song? So you got to practice the presence of the Lord. And I came back from Quest, and although I was injured from, you know, a wall that I had to face, that's a whole other story, Quit's never come knocking on my door again, and I don't think quit will ever come knocking on my door again. Because I made it through my wilderness. I managed to, to fight the good fight of faith to make it through that dark despair. To continue to do what God wanted to do in my life. And you need to know that you're a winner. And you're not a loser. And you just need to, to get to that place where you Recognize I just got to bring it to the Lord because he's got me. If you can believe that and you can receive it, would you give the Lord a praise in the house? I want to pray with some of you today. The Lord, go ahead and you can play anytime you want. Uh, Often the Lord shows me pictures, you know. I've shared that with many of you. And when we were worshiping, the Lord showed me a picture of something, but uh, he let me know right away it's not for now, it's for the end of the message. And the picture I saw was of two laundry baskets. And in one laundry basket was filthy, grody, stinky, dirty clothes. And in the laundry basket right beside it was these fresh, clean, neatly pressed, neatly folded clothes ready for use and the Lord shared with me at that moment he said there are folks here this morning that feel like that first basket that I've just used up and tired and at the end of my rope and I'm dirty and I'm stinky the Lord says if you'll just hang on I'll press you I'll fold you and everything will be neatly in order and I can use you. And I know that that's speaking to somebody because the Lord doesn't give me these, these things if there's not someone in the crowd that would be feeling that way. 
So at the end of rehearsal, uh, I do what I do sometimes. I challenge the team, not for the sake of challenging, but I, I said, there was this one song on Quest. God is so perfect in his timing and when he does things. And so we were out on this uh, at Quest, on uh, this fast. We were out there all day long, and in the midst of the day was when I had to write that letter. And we uh, you know, had to come back at a certain time. We weren't allowed back in camp until I think it was 5 o'clock or something. And we were still uh, instructed not to, to have this vow of silence until worship started happening. And so that the word, first words out of our mouth would be worship. I did this very same thing with the, the clergy uh, this week. And I had this song in my playlist, not because God was, you know, I felt like God was saying, this is the theme song for the 24 hours with these preachers, but God used this song. And so when I came back from Quest and they started worshiping, they started playing this song that God, as far as I was concerned, it was, it was God's addition to his letter to me that day. <laughs> and it says, I knew what I was getting into when I called you. Now, this is a word for every single person, but consider like a group of preachers who are, have been called into the ministry to hear that word. I knew what I was getting into when I called you. I knew what I was getting into when I said your name. I still said it. In other words, he knows the junk. He knows the stink, the stank, and everything else. I knew what I was getting into, and I still want you. I knew what I was getting into, and I still chose you. I knew what I was getting into, and I still want you. I knew what I was getting into, and I still said your name. I said it just the same. I knew what I was getting into. Oh, my gosh. Lord. I just fell on my face as the song was being played. And I was letting the words soak into my heart. And then, then uh, Misty Edwards, who sang this song as a spontaneous prophetic song, was not written down. It was just came forward. Uh, she began to sing these words. I'm not shocked by your weakness. Did you hear that? I'm not shocked by your weakness. I'm not shocked even by your sin. I'm not shocked by your brokenness because I knew what I was getting into when I picked you. <laughs> I knew what I was getting into, and I still like you. I knew what I was getting into. Because only I, says the Lord, see the end from the beginning, and only I can see where this is going. Only I can see the end from the beginning, and I see in you the seeds of love. And I see in you strength. Now, I was laying on the floor, blubbering and weeping and sobbing. And I can tell you right now, I didn't feel like I had any strength. But I knew God was speaking to me, and he was filling me up. And then uh, Misty Edwards began to sing these, these words. When all you see is failure, and all you feel is shame, I can see deeper than that. I know you better than that. Better than that. So it goes on, it says it again. I knew what I was getting into, so forth and so on. And then uh, the song went on for a few minutes, and uh, I'm just, I mean, I'm dehydrated from tears. No kidding. Uh, 
I mean, God had just, you know, I come out of this, this time and wrote that letter, and God wrote the letter back to me, and then we come back to worship, and then he's, this song, and then he goes, here's, here's what Misty Edwards sang at the very end of the song. I'll do the chorus one more time. Uh, I knew what I was getting into, and I still want you. I knew what I was getting into, and I still want you. Uh, I knew what I was getting into, and I still like you. <laughs> I knew what I was getting into when I called you. Just don't give up. And don't give in. If you don't quit, you'll win. You'll win. Now, let me tell you what. If God didn't decide to have a personal moment with Rick Lopez that day, I don't know what would be. When I went to Quest to get the spirit to quit off of me, because I knew I had a calling on my life and there were greater things yet to come, and I could not seem to shake that thing. He said, and just don't give up and don't give in. If you don't quit, you'll win, you'll win. And she sang that over and over and over again. And I just laid there and sobbed and blubbered. And it says, everything is in my hands. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. So I threw this on (laughs) these two uh, at the last minute before service. And uh, this isn't about, uh, excuse me for a minute. This isn't about singing or playing to perfection because this song was written, came out as a spontaneous flow of prophetic worship. And so I've shared with the team, you know, don't, don't worry about trying to sing it perfect. Just sing it out, of, let it flow. So, and I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. And so as they begin to sing, I'm going to ask that you dim the lights just a little bit. I'm going to be down here in the front because if you've had that spirit to quit on you, or that word picture about the laundry baskets uh, is what's in your, what's going on with you. I, I need to pray for you this morning. And so uh, let's go ahead and dim the lights, and I want you to just let this song kind of soak into your heart and into your spirit. And let's, let's give the spirit a quit. Forgive my, my language. Let's give the spirit a quit a butt kicking this morning. Right? Let's send the devil running tail between his legs today in the name of Jesus. Go ahead, y'all.